back to the Group Answers podcast for another special SBC edition. I'm Brian Daniel with Chris Surratt. Chris, here we are again. We're in the middle of the exhibit floor of the SBC. This is so exciting. I can't believe we're doing this a second time. I know. People are looking at us like, what are they doing? <laughs> They're talking into microphones really, really close together. It's ca- yeah. And the, again, it's the small table that uh, kind of contributes to an overall uncomfortable kind of feeling. But, you know, I think we'll we'll find a way. If you go to my uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, there, there's a picture of it. So you can kind of see what we're doing here. So we're here with uh, with Michael Davis, who is with Ravi Zacharias Interma- International Ministries. Welcome to the show, Mike. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's good to be here. So uh, as a part of your role at RZIM, you are the Senior Director of Marketing and Media. That sounds pretty big time. Tell us about, tell us about your role there. Uh, I think it sounds way more important than it is, but uh, no, I, uh, I lead. That's what a title does, right? <laughs> yeah, I know I mean, it does. That's all I, of our titles. <laughs> I, I, uh, I go and uh, pick up trash. And uh, No, I, uh, <laughs> no what, what I do is I, I, have, uh, I lead two departments. One, uh, which is the marketing team. They're the ones that, uh, that run uh, public relations and uh, social media and then uh, our content and events stuff. And then the other departments, they're the ones that are... Uh, they're creating the um, you know the TV show uh, let my people think as well as uh, our radio shows and our podcasts formerly with North American Mission Board yes not, not too not too long ago no 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 it was about uh, a little less than a year and a half ago so yeah no I'm uh, it it's uh, it's it's good uh, I caught up with a lot of old friends uh, at SBC that's for sure and advanced work at Southern Baptist the Southern Baptist the Theological Southern Seminary Baptist. The, Southern Baptist. Baptist. the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary yeah actually uh, in uh, December I finished my master's in theology so it was uh, oh, congratulations thank you very much I really appreciate it now that is a big deal that is a big deal I mean we had a friend of yours Vince Vitale on the show recently yes. so maybe not <laughs> not Princeton, quite <laughs> yeah not not Princeton and Oxford but no it is the Southern Seminary so but the that's yeah, right the. that's right that's right. <laughs> and so as a part of that role there, you also host the Ask Away podcast with Vince and Joe Vitale. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's actually one of the fun, the, the, the most fun things I get to do at uh, RZIM. It's, uh, I am, uh, considering both of them actually have PhDs from Oxford, I am 100% the dumbest person in that room, but that's okay. They're, they're well, very with kind. Vince, that's not hard. No, yeah. it's, no, no, it's not. We, we had Vince on the podcast, and I, I said this before the show, but I just told Brian he's going to have to ask all the questions because <laughs> I don't, I don't even know how to communicate with a guy like that. Well, I mean, what good is a Kentucky guy if it's not to interact with the Ivy League guy? I, I know. <laughs> he also he, said before the show. Yeah, that's right. He is one of the most humble people. Both Joe and Vince are, are some of the most humble people ever, and they're, uh, they really are. They're, they're a joy to work with. He was amazing on the show. He was great, great. guest, yes. and one of our favorite shows. I think. He would agree. I would agree. Uh, so you also produce several several shows there, mm-hmm. TV and podcasts. Uh, one of which is uh, Thinking Out Loud, and another one that may be familiar to a lot of listeners out there, or is Let My People Think, which yeah. is the Robbie Zacharias podcast. Absolutely, you know it's it's fantastic. I mean, uh, I mean the Lord's really blessed us. Uh, we our reach is um, global. Um, not even including Askaway, but I mean, let my people think is in a, you know nearing a billion homes and uh, TV all you know India, Africa, all over the place, and you know our radio show is in three thousand uh, radio stations across the globe. It's just been wow. it's been really really neat. That's cool, Chris. I would say that we're also nearing a billion. We're homes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every day we're getting closer, right? Depending on your definition of nearing. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Michael. So you just, uh, I mean, you've gotten a lot done. Uh, was it four years ago you came to know 
Jesus is yeah, Lord and Savior. May third, uh, May third, twenty fourteen. It was a kind of a big deal. Tell us, tell us how you came to know God, because that, that's really cool, especially for our audience. How did you come to Christ? No, so it, it, it's a long story, but I think the the thing that would really resonate with this audience is that it really was. It was a next door neighbor um, who. Over the course of about three years, uh, who I did not like when I first met, I called him Ned Flanders. Um, but over the course of three years, just uh, was intentional in just being a friend, uh, loved, loved on me. And uh, my wife was raised in the church, but uh, was made a really poor decision in who she married. But yeah, after about three years, he invited me to join his, uh, his small group. And uh, it took almost two years of just, uh, you know, just living life with these folks. And the Lord opened my eyes. And uh, yeah, it's been a, a wild ride since then. But yeah, it was... Uh, I, you know, every single person in that group was flawed in their own way. Uh, mm-hmm. None of them were theologians, but they just reflect the love of, uh, of uh, Jesus. And it was just, like I said, it was undeniable in any, every one of them. So a non-believer can attend a small group and be okay. Yeah. I, you know, I responded back from a secular perspective. No one, uh, you know, told me I was wrong or, or, or anything like that. They just, uh, you know, they responded with their answer was Jesus and my response was the world. And, uh, but over the, like I said, it was, it was compelling that there was something different about them. Mm. And, uh, mm. you know, it was just, uh, like I said, it's just, like I said, the Lord used that community group and their love for me and for my family. And yeah, it was, it was a pretty amazing experience. So in a recent uh, Ask Away episode, mm-hmm. we thought this would be good for our show. Uh, I think it was the May 16th episode. I don't have the episode number, but you can look it up. Um, dealing with shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris and I were looking at just, you know, we knew you were going to be here and thought it might be um, helpful to everyone. I know for me as a small group leader, I, I don't know that I deal with shame. Chris, you can you can tell me what you think. I don't know that I deal with shame outright. You know, it's not something that emerges in group discussion. But the thing is that you know you know it's there. And yeah, it, I think you, it's a lot of times you can read between the lines and kind of see uh, when somebody is going through that period in their life when they're feeling shame. And it's also the kind of trick of when something comes up, not shaming someone publicly in front of the group. You know, if there's there's something in their life that needs to be dealt with. So, yeah, I, definitely it's there. If we don't realize it, it's there. Now, I was looking at the show notes, Michael, and it looks like you guys used at least in your – and I haven't listened. I meant to. You know, you and I had dinner. You and I had dinner the other night. And I just – you know, we've been at the convention, and yeah. it's, you know, it's 7 or 9 o'clock. Yeah. So, uh, but it looked like in the show notes that – you're, at least your jumping off point was habitual sin. Yeah. And so there's lots of different manif- manifestations of shame. There's that, you know, there's the deep ridden shame that we carry with us, but then there's just acts that, you know, I think a lot of us, and, and there's a range there from the things that are maybe more anecdotal to the things that are just that deep, that grieve us deeply yeah. that would fall into those categories. So, you know, tell us a little bit about about that show and that conversation that's the one with uh, the husband and wife team Joe and uh, Vince Vitale right yeah um, I think one of the things they unpack and, and I help with this as well is this the, I think a lot of us conflate uh, guilt shame and conviction um, excuse me um, they're they're not the same things and when we are in Christ um, there is no shame there's no condemnation in sense I mean Jesus took that upon us so if you look upon what what shame is uh, is not from God now there is a difference between feeling conviction which as John MacArthur said conviction is a gift from God but uh, one of our one of our questioners uh, you know talked about saying that he feels cursed um, those in Christ, that curse has been taken up. I think one of the best illustrations that Vince used on the show 
was how that you know if you're a, a, if you're a carpet and you're stained the only way to clean that stain is to transfer it to something else. And just like the shame we feel, just like the condemnation, the curse, what Vince was talking about is that it needs to be, it's not just any cloth will fix it. It has to be a special cloth that will take that stain, will transfer it onto, onto the cloth. And that's what Jesus did. Um, if, it, if you feel shame, you're basically saying that when, when, when in Romans, when it says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, you're basically saying that is not true. So in, in a sense, shame is a sin. Uh, as, so, but we have to make sure that we're not, we're not combining shame and conviction because they are two different things. So as a group leader, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking about it sitting with a group and I, I feel like somebody is walking through that the shame of yeah. something they've done in their life um, or something in their past that they haven't let go. Yeah. And it's not conviction, it's shame. Yeah. How, how would you approach somebody in your group? Definitely probably not in the group setting. Right, right. right. And, that's, and that's wise. I, I think that the best way to deal with shame is to really understand who you are. Um, when you're in Christ, it's not just you're following a person. You are a new creation. You are brand new. When God looks upon you, he doesn't see your old righteousness, your shame, your sins. He sees Christ's righteousness. His righteousness was imputed, was given to you, and your shame was given to him on the cross. So I think it's, it's the best way, I think, for myself, and I think maybe for I think maybe it is normative for the Christian experience, is to deal with, with, with habitual sin and the shame that comes from that is to really understand who we are. Um, what Christ did for us was make us brand new and that we are heirs to the kingdom of God. That should be our motivator, not a guilt or a desire to, to be better. This is not works righteousness. This is, this is let's act like we are children of God. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that was a turning point for me. As I've gain more experience, you know, not necessarily wisdom, but there is something that just comes with just the years and, and, and experiences that you have. Yep. I've come to conclude that shame is something that we hold on to that is actually selfish and is actually a self-centered. And I have caught myself like in various situations, something's not going the way that I want it to. And it becomes something what must be something that I did, or it must be my fault. Mm-hmm. And it may be, but when your first impulse is to put yourself in the center of anything, it's antithetical to the gospel. Mm. So this idea of shame and habitual sin, we cling to that as a matter of identity. And you put it so well, Michael, that we that becomes too much of a part of who we are when we need to separate ourselves from this. But there seems like there's something going on, Chris, to where we hold on to these things as a matter of like some sort of twisted self-preservation it yeah. becomes a part of who we are yeah. and and it's kind of like i've said on the show before but one of my favorite quotes is i'm not discovered who discovered I'm, I'm not sure who discovered water but i'm pretty sure it wasn't a fish we get into this where it's just who we are and we accept that it becomes it, a part of our identity yeah yeah, yeah. And, and a part of our pride that we can work through this um, and it just becomes who we are. And I think we're seeing it societal, you know, we've seen some high profile um, suicides in the last few weeks. And I think, you know, at least some of that has to come from that gap that's in there, that shame that's in there that they don't know what to do with. You know, there's things in their life. There's a, there's a hole that hasn't been filled by the redeeming power of Christ. And so um, it becomes too much. 
Yeah, Joe actually says this really, really well. Uh, we, by ourselves, through our own power, incapable of getting rid of our shame. Yeah. That's what God is for. And that is, that is the, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there. You said, when we feel shame, when we feel guilt, when we feel cursed and condemned, we're basically saying that, that Jesus is a liar. Because he yeah. constantly says, and Paul says it throughout the epistles and, and everything, that Jesus paid for this. And we, when we try using our own works and say, okay, I sinned again, I failed. Ugh, it's like, I, it, this, but you're right. You're making it man-centered rather than God-centered. Mm-hmm. And there's also a relationship between pain, I think, and shame. So mm-hmm. I think we tend... And more and more, if you've been to any pharmacy or Walgreens or CVS and you see just all the bags of medicine waiting to be picked up, think about how many CVSs or Walgreens there are and then how stocked those shelves are. We just want the pill to make anything go away. Medicate it. Yeah, yeah. if it's not a pill, it's alcohol, it's something. Yeah, yeah. so we just, so what we tend to do is embrace the shame. We want to hold that on as to who we are and something that's, that's a part of our, our identity and reject the pain. When you compare that to what Jesus actually did, mm-hmm. is he rejected the shame and embraced the pain. He took the all of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's that good work that God begins in us and wants to conclude in us through the pain that as we hold on to shame, we stand. We actually stand in the way of the work that God wants to do with us by, by trying to skirt the pain as much as we can. And hey, there is a great deal of appeal in pain avoidance. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Amen. I mean, no <laughs> one, no one wants that. Yep that's the grown-up thing to do now how that manifests itself i don't know but in terms of group life i think that's one of the things that we can stress is hey you know this is you have to just like michael says you have to realize what you're holding on to you know and call it what it is you have to there's a matter you know there's a there's an objectification that needs to go on but there may be some pain that you need to go through to become that that person on the other side that god has called you to be and, and, you know, Joe did a really good job towards the, uh, towards the end of the show where she really also enforces the fact this is not just self-shame, this is also social shame. When you look at, let's say, for example, the Samaritan woman at the well, um, she was, she was um, ostracized. I mean, she had to go in the middle of the day. She was, I mean, she was, she was completely, you know, just isolated from her community. But Jesus showed her that her value is with, with, with him. And she came out saying, I don't care what everyone thinks. I'm just going to preach who Jesus is. He knew everything about me. So it's not just our internal shame. When people try to shame us, when we're in Christ Jesus, that, that shame doesn't matter because mm-hmm. it's, it's not what people think of us. It's, it's how God sees us. And that, that means everything. It changes everything. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the community that Jesus built, just think about Samaritan woman. He brought in people that were in shame yeah. and brought them into his community, into his circle, tax into collectors, his yeah. tax collectors, yeah. into his small group and said, you're, you know, the shame is gone. And if you look at Samaritan woman also, the first thing that she did after she felt free from shame is go invite other people to be a part of that group. That's right. To tell them, you know, hey, come check out this guy that knew everything about me. Yep. She was bringing people into community because suddenly the shame was gone. Exactly. So, Chris, Michael, in terms of group life, have you guys, I mean, is there anything that comes to mind that where you've seen this play out in your experiences oh, yeah. or even heard of, uh, you know, someone has told you secondhand about how there's been, re- re- you know, true redemptive community in this way? That's actually uh, interesting. We actually had in our, in our community group uh, a confession of adultery during, uh, during the community group. And it was, mm-hmm. uh, as you can imagine, was incredibly difficult. It was... Uh, 
you know, and this was actually when I was a, a non-believer, but that was actually a, an amazing experience for me because, yeah, the, the, everyone was very, very hurt. Um, the husband was wrecked. The, 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 the marriage hung on a knife edge, but it was, it was it, that level of forgiveness you just don't see in the world and it, watching the guilt, but then her forgiveness I mean obviously it took a while her forgiving him you know it is about you know what's in the dark bring to the light and doing that in community it's hard it is so hard we all listen all three of us everyone listening there is sin in our lives that we would not tell anyone Um, but the reality is is that something as serious as adultery when it was brought into light was just that was the first step of healing and it took years um, they're still working on it, but man, they're holding hands. They're they're, they're smiling. They're kissing. But it is. It was only through that working out that shame and that guilt in community together. I think you hit again. You hit the nail on the head on that one. Um, that was how, that was the first step to recovery, and that's the reason why we live in community. That's the reason why God. You know, we didn't just get whisked away. Uh, you know, as believers, we're doing the work of God, but doing that together in community is so important. Yeah, where shame gets you is in isolation. Absolutely. Amen. And so I, I, I can't imagine a better place. If you're listening to this and you're not in community and you're feeling shame, you need to be in community. You need to find some people around you that are, you know, C.S. Lewis said the definition of friendship is, wow, you too. You, know, yeah. I, you need that. <laughs> I love that. You need that group <laughs> of people because there are people who are going through exactly what you're going through, have gone through what you're going through. You're not a alone. And that's the redemptive, redemptive power of a biblical community is saying, you know, we're all in this together. Absolutely. Michael, thanks for being with us. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. So tell us about how to follow sure. uh, RZIM and where you are on Twitter and are you blogging anywhere? We probably should have talked about this before the show, but you know, you know we're just, we're winging we're it. We're at the SBC. We're winging it That's here. right. That's right. No, uh, you know, if you to see everything we do and we're, we're doing a lot, uh, whether you want to see events or if you want to see, we've got, you know, several blogs, uh, several podcasts, but if you want to see uh, what we got, just go to rzim.org. Um, and then if you, uh, for Ask Away in particular, um, if you want to ask us questions, we've had, I think, over 1,500 questions, you know, listeners from all over the world submitting them, emails of encouragement. All you have to do is email us at askaway at rzim.org. Or actually, if you want to go on Twitter, uh, use the hashtag AskRZIM. And we know Michael through our relationship with RZIM and the production of Jesus Among Secular Gods. That's right. Which, which is, is an amazing study. It's an amazing study, still available and will remain available for some time. At, our group is in the middle of it. You can get oh, that. Great. In, yep. Yeah, th- yeah yep. we've talked about that. Yeah, we're on uh, week four. So it's been a pleasure getting to know you, and thanks for being with us on the Group Answer Show. That's going to wrap it up for this special edition. This. I, I, I'm remiss. The special SBC, SBC edition. SBC edition, yes. <laughs> That's Hashtag almost SBC live edition. now, but won't be won't be then, right? That's it, just a few weeks. We'll have it. <laughs> just we'll a few weeks. Just a few weeks. I'm Brian Daniel. Thank you to Michael Davis and for Chris Surratt. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time.